Hello and welcome to all you travelers of the digital soundscape. My name is Brian Keese and welcome to Draft Punks, a podcast where we pick a new topic each week and then invite a special guest on to discuss, debate, and draft. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're excited to have you here. With me, as always, is Rob Hudak. Oh, hey, hi, hello. And by always, I mean, you know, when he feels like it. Uh, Travis McGahey. <laughs> Are you ready to get horrified? Ooh. Let's let's workshop that one. And we have three very special guests for this episode. Uh, Mikkel Berendelli-Keese. Hi there. Jess Fraley. Hello, hello. And Allie McGahey. Hello. Uh, for those that are not familiar, who aren't already members of our Discord, which you should be, what's wrong with you? Uh, Kel, Jess, and Allie are our partners in life, and the people I think we have to thank the most for allowing this podcast to happen. Uh, they've 100%. been they've been very supportive and understanding of us uh, spending hours and hours of our Wednesday or Thursday night uh, and getting this show off the ground. So we're very appreciative of that. I'm sure Rob and Travis are as well. Rob already chimed in. in. Incredibly. Yes. <laughs> but enough about that because, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get spooky. Tonight, for Halloween, we are drafting scary movies. And before we start, because I feel like everybody, I know especially for Mikkel and I, uh, everybody has like a different tolerance for what's scary. Like, let's just go around the horn on like a one to ten scale. What do you feel is your scare tolerance? Because I'm I'm at like a hard three or four. I feel like <laughs> I am a big chicken. I had to turn around in my seat when I saw the mummy. So <laughs> <laughs> those bugs wow. are very spooky. Right, Rob. Already <laughs> blowing my number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what's what's your pain tolerance for for scary stuff? Ten, but oh, we've man. we've kind of had we've had this conversation before. But I will elaborate based on one of my picks, which I am certain that almost none of you have. Um, okay, but Brian, you already know this one. Mm, okay, yes, uh, we'll get to it. Uh, Travis, yeah. how about you? Uh, I don't know, like a. Like a six or a seven. I mean, my tolerance is pretty high. I just like. I mean, you're not a pansy. Right. <laughs> I like, I far prefer uh, movies that give me existential dread. Agreed. Oh, totally. Like, Hard that's, agree. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. Uh, Allie sounds like she wears the pants in the family when it comes to scary stuff. Just from her answer there a second ago. Allie, what's, where are you at? I mean. It de- definitely like a, a 10. I watch horror yeah. all day, every yeah. day. So I like, I have it on the background while I'm working. It's just life. Uh, hard, ten. Girl. hard, ten. <laughs> right there uh, with you. Kel, I think you're probably a hard 10 also, or at least close to it. I don't know if I want to give myself that much credit because there are a couple <laughs> of horror movies that I like won't watch or haven't yet at least. Um, so like a okay. nine and a half. <laughs> That's fair. But you're a phasmophobia like legend. She's a professional or addict. Yeah. It's true. true. And uh, Jess has been playing a lot of that too, but she, I think, is closer to my end of the scary scale. Is that right, Jess? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like maybe a four or five. I still get really scared. Um, 
and I'll pansy out on phasmophobia, especially. Oh, yeah. But when I'm watching the horror movies, I at least like try to keep one eye open, even if I'm under a blanket or something. Bob <laughs> can attest to this. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Oh, she wants she wants to watch it, but she knows what's coming, and it also still scares her. Oh, I'm a hundred percent there with you. I <laughs> <laughs> we uh, slight spoiler alert. We watched uh, the village today. We were trying to find something to help us get ready for this show. Mm. and like there are even moments in that I've seen that movie probably 20 times and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to look away for this part. <laughs> it gets <laughs> so, me every time. <laughs> um, all right. So we did not vote last week uh, because we had kind of a special episode with Bob Buell who just smashed his uh, charity goal for extra life, uh, which we're oh super grateful goodness. to Dude, everyone here who champion. donated. Yeah. Uh, raised over $1,200 for charity. So very cool. Um, but I think his, yes, I think his yeah. accomplishment last week though was even better. He was quite the host. I mean, co-host. Um. Wow. Okay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because there was no vote, uh, we will be. Uh, we are. We actually already randomized the order before the show tonight, so I can reveal mm-hmm. that now that. Uh, I will be choosing first. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Jess is on the clock. Number two. Rob is third. Allie is fourth. Travis at number five. And then Kel uh, at number six. But that means that she gets two picks in a row there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, people link together their lists uh, tonight. Um, another note real quick is that we're only going to do four rounds tonight because we have so many hosts and... Uh, Unlike last week's episode, we're hoping to keep this under three hours. Uh, So we'll be uh, doing four rounds instead of our normal five. And if you vote this week, you will be entered into a drawing for a fabulous prize. And that prize is going to be kind of of tailored to whoever wins it. It's it's I'm I'm excited for it. Um, So I can't reveal too much about what it is right now. But all you have to do to vote is join our discord this week. Vote for one of the lists in our wonderful vote channel. It's as simple as that. And in addition to voting on our lists, you should also go out and vote in real life. Yes, because (laughs) the real horror is not voting this year. Correct. (laughs) Um, So, like I said, four round draft. We're going to get going here. I've got the number one pick. I think it's been pretty obvious all week. Uh, If I had the number one pick, what movie I would be taking. And so let's just get it out of the way. The Shining is off the board. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that was not All the right. pick I thought you were going to take, but that's a great pick. Aha. Uh-huh. Thank yeah, it you. It is. It's very good. I appreciate it. Um, that means just gets hers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll try to, I'll try not to gush about this too much. We talked about keeping our answers a little bit shorter tonight, but gosh, this movie uh, is just so unsettling from the first frame to the last, like just the incredible music and the score all the way through it. Everything in this movie is meant to kind of disorient you. The, the title cards that keep randomly changing, like so, so there are eight title cards in this movie. It starts with interview, then goes to closing day then one month later, then Tuesday, then Monday, then Wednesday, then 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. So they really make no sense whatsoever. (laughs) But everything in this movie like serves to make the viewer feel uncomfortable that it and it's an effect that they achieve that very few other movies I feel like 
are able to achieve right down to like the layout of the hotel. Even people have like mapped it out and it's like Kronk looking at a map in Emperor's New Groove. It makes no sense by all accounts. <laughs> <laughs> like the hotel layout, just it's very confusing. Um, there's there's some other interesting stuff that's in there. We actually we went and saw this last week. Um, it's the 40th anniversary this year. This movie came out in 1980. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple other things are like at the at the start of the movie, when Jack is interviewing for the job, the hotel manager tells him the story about Charles Grady who chopped up his two daughters who are eight and 10 years old. But then when we're introduced to the ghost of Grady in the movie, his name is suddenly Delbert. And when we see the girls, they're suddenly twins. (laughs) So it's just like all these things in the movie. And you're like, is that a continuity error? Like, is this bad? Or was it just done to F with me? (laughs) And with it it being a Kubrick movie, yeah, we usually give him the benefit of the doubt and go with the latter. Um, well, and that's what's that's what's interesting too, is because um, if I recall, as you mentioned last week, you have a you gave your father mm-hmm. the script uh, signed by Jack Nicholson, Kubrick, and uh, Stephen King. So uh, opposite, he gave, he gave it to me. Yeah, but it yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's yep. right. Okay, but it, yeah, it's autographed by all of them. Um, which you know, Kubrick uh, notoriously hard on Jack Nicholson and especially Shelley Duvall in that movie. To the, and Stephen yeah. King notoriously hard on that film. <laughs> yes, yeah. He actually, when he got the rights back to it to make a miniseries, he had to. Uh, sign an agreement that he would no longer criticize that version of the movie <laughs> so that he could get the rights wow. back. That's yeah. That's impressive. Um, but yeah, like the stories about Kubrick being hard on the actors are legendary too. like Scatman Crothers, who plays uh, the chef Dick Halloran uh, had to do like 60 takes of one scene at a point. And then he, he went and did his next movie with Clint Eastwood, who is, notoriously famous for only doing one take of a scene. And they said that Mm. when he filmed his first scene, Clint like wrapped it and he just started crying on the set. (laughs) Jeez. So that was pretty great. And then um, I do have one other fun fact, which actually Mikkel told me about this, which is that in the famous scene where Jack Nicholson chops down uh, the door and he calls in, you know, here's Johnny. Uh, they originally built like a prop door for him so that it would be easy to cut down. And then they realized after one take, uh, Jack Nicholson used to be a fire marshal. (laughs) So he like took down the entire door with one swing. So they ended up filming that scene uh, a number of times. They went through about 60 doors, but they were like actual real doors that he was just laying into. So, yeah, there's just, there's so many great stories around this movie. Um, I know it's not King's favorite adaptation, but it is probably my favorite film adaptation. I mean, it is. It's number one on my list. It's my favorite film adaptation totally. of a Stephen King book. So had to be my number one. Oh, yeah. Nice pick. Thank you. Um, does anyone else have anything they'd like to add about this movie? Anything they love? <laughs> I didn't even watch this movie until I think like 2014 or 2015. And like it was all right. I personally prefer like the newer horror movies just because they they're just way more messed up and there's so much more gore in them. And mm. that's that's what I'm after. That's what okay. warms my heart. See, now we know what you're yeah. <laughs> and this yeah, and this is kind of what we're talking about. I'm kind of with Travis. I like the existential dread. Like when you think about it, only one person dies in this entire 
I guess two people die in this entire movie and it's just, but you feel just awful for like the entire two and a half hours <laughs> that it's going. It's on. like per- <laughs> perpetual tension. Yeah. And just like, you can't trust anything that you're seeing. Yeah. And the scene, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that kind of horror too. And the scene that I really think defines that is when, uh, like Wendy is going back up the stairs with the baseball bat as Jack is following her and, you know, give me the bat. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. It's just, oh my gosh, it's, oh, it's awful. Yeah. If we were, if we were just picking like the, the most tense like moments in horror movies, that would have also been my number one pick. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, just, yeah. I love so many scenes in this movie. So, but I will stop talking about it. We will move on. Uh, number two, uh, we're going to go to Jess. What is your scariest movie? I mean, I'm going to not say it's the scariest necessarily, but my favorite of the horror movie genre. And it is Train to Busan. Mm. Um, and that's that's a good uh, reminder. I should have said that at the top. We're picking the best scary movies as opposed to just the scariest movies. No, I suppose. Um, it, it's one of. Yeah, it's it's the best to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and like you start out with the dad and his daughter. Um, dad's a little bit. Spacey doesn't really pay attention to her much. He gets a call from the mother. They need to get on a train to Busan. And so they hop on a train. No big deal. Um, so I think that the whole terror of it is like not knowing what's going on until you're on the train. Um, and the stress that's focused on each character that you meet inside the train. Mm-hmm. And even outside the train for a quick moment. Um, but either it's like the dad and the child or a husband and a pregnant wife or like two elderly sisters. Uh, it's just such a beautiful movie. Um, but the parts that scared me the most were when, um, people got separated in the train cars and they were trying to like get back to the people that was most important, the people that were most important or yeah, important to them. Mm. Um, like hiding, above like in the uh like where you put up the luggage the luggage areas (laughs) (laughs) yeah because this isn't and it's not just zombies on this train they're like they're fast zombies right they're super fast zombies i hate absolutely that's got me that was uh, yes (laughs) those are the worst kind of zombies (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're really terrifying And, and so when everything starts it's so fast and nobody knows really how to handle it and um, you could really like tell with character development how the dad um, actually takes charge at some points instead of just like focusing on himself. Um, but that's that's just more of like character development stuff. But the the zombies were terrifying every time. Like when <laughs> when they go under a tunnel and <laughs> there's like complete darkness and all the zombies just like basically freeze. And they're like, oh, okay, uh, keep moving. Keep going. Keep going. We got to keep going to the next car. <laughs> Wait, so they freeze in, in darkness? Was that what it was? Yeah, I, I oh. didn't really freeze, but they would just kind of like stop moving. Oh. Um, I mean, they just kind of like shuffle in place. Oh, yes, weird. docile is the best I haven't for seen it. this one because the I, I, I just I, I've seen trailers for it and I guess I just assume there's a lot of jump scares in it and I don't do jump scares well. So I've never been uh, 
never had the stones to watch it. <laughs> I wouldn't it's, I wouldn't say jump scares are the worst thing you have to deal with. In that. Oh no. <laughs> it's on it's on fairly often in her house. Yeah. Uh, Cuz she she loves that movie and I, I I totally get it. Like it's it's a it's an excellent first pick. Yeah. And like it's a sleeper hit for sure. Mhm. And it's it's cur- like modern and relevant. It's 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 really well done. Yeah. It has um it has the son from never mind. I can't remember the name of it right now. um kel have you seen this one have you watched it without me no i actually haven't seen this one i've meant to but never quite got around to it yeah Allie travis it's on my list on netflix but i haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet okay no all right uh well we're gonna take Jess and Rob's word for it. Um, it I, yeah, it sounds it like does. a glowing recommendation. Yes, yeah. it does. I, I have like, yeah, I've sat through 28 days later. I struggled with that one. So if it's, if it's a similar zombie, I, vibe, I loved that. It's movie. worse than that. I lo- oh no. I love <laughs> 28 days later. Oh, me too. Okay. Me too. Okay. I'm getting scared. Rob, what's your pick? <laughs> uh, so this is the one I'm surprised got to me. This is the one I thought would be the very first or even the second. Um, what released in 1982 to very negative reviews called instant junk and a wretched <laughs> excess min max's own topic for the deepest dive. Ah, we're going with the thing. You see the thing about the thing is I've never actually seen it. <laughs> Have you not seen it? I haven't. I captain stubs oh it. I'm God. sorry. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. It's not a remake. It's a prequel. Oh, it's the prequel. Just kidding. Yeah, it leads up everything <laughs> yeah. leading to. Uh, I've also seen the prequel, but not the nineteen eighty. Oh wow! Thing. Oh wow! That's not a big. That's you know, I hate Kurt Russell. <laughs> No, really? That's a hundred percent a joke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> How could you hate Kurt Russell? He loves ego. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, that's funny. So, thank, thank you. <laughs> I, got this, I got the reference. Um, so, Rob, can you uh, maybe describe it for those of us who are uncultured swine? <laughs> so basically, it's a, a bunch of scientists on uh, a laboratory in Antarctica, and it starts to get to the point of like a cabin fever mixed with there's an alien. Uh, Tra- like tra- transfer where an alien takes over one of the creature, like one of the people there uh, and starts taking over different uh, beings there. And it becomes a, like a matter of paranoia. You can't trust who's around you, the people that uh, you knew uh, before. And it just devolves into this, uh, this endurance run with McCready, who's uh, Kurt Russell's character trying to discover and solve like who is the alien who's the imposter basically to use a much more modern reference in a game called among us that we've played rob sus um <laughs> that uh, absolutely <laughs> like you're trying to to suss out who is actually an imposter and not who they appear to be using the evidence before you and like it, it takes it's based on a novel uh which i can't remember the name of but it's the first uh the first item on the docket for the deepest dive of the thing and then there was like a 1950 something uh film uh 
and then they remade it with John, John Carpenter made this. Uh, and I think it's probably the, the greatest horror film ever made. Mm. Okay. Um, I have others that are like, they impact me more in terms of like a uh, an existential dread or like had more jump scares and like made me be afraid to go to sleep. But I feel like this has the, this speaks to like a, a primordial like instinctual fear of the unknown mixed with you can't trust yourself and starting to question whether or not like maybe it's you maybe you're like the imposter but you're not quite cognizant of that um and like reality starts to break in on itself but ultimately like quick thinking and um just taking the process to like kind of how I approach a lot of movie, like horror movies in general is like the philosophy of, okay, what are the, what's the situation that I'm in? How is it threatening me? How do I find a way out of it? Yeah. And you like, yes, the evidence before you is like, I can't trust anyone. Maybe everyone has to die. And what am I willing to do to survive? And I think this film speaks to that perfectly. Yeah, it's it's definitely a classic. It's a great pick. I mean, Among Us is basically the thing without mm-hmm. the rights to the yeah. name. <laughs> so, but that's <laughs> it's agree. it's incredibly influenced by it for sure. We we've actually been trying to watch it for like the last couple weeks. Mikkel and I, um, she had brought it up as one that we should watch before doing this episode because it is such a classic, and it's just like it's not really streaming for free anywhere. So. <laughs> Uh, we, we, we did finally procure a copy from a friend, uh, who will go nameless. Um, but, uh, we do need to watch that one. Maybe that'll be what we do for Halloween this year since, uh, going out to parties has been canceled. So, uh, yeah, Jolly Roger, uh, yeah. uh, Adam Walker, <laughs> pirate ranger. Um, oh, <laughs> um the, I enjoyed the new one quite a bit. Honestly, yeah. I still haven't seen the prequel. I need to. Uh, is that a Rooney Mara joint? Maybe. Oh, I couldn't okay. say. Jess, you've seen that, right? You liked that one, I thought. Yeah, I think I watched it recently. Um, let me look up when it was really made an in. impression on all of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. No, I just know of a certain scene, and I, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! I, I, I yep. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll talk about it later. I don't know. Um, But for now, we will uh, move on to Allie, who's got pick number four. So my pick is also like just my all time favorite. Um, It's not widely regarded in any way, shape or form. And partially because it is like a found footage movie. Um, Uh But as above, so below. Oh, Oh, nice. So I absolutely love this movie. For one, like just being in the catacombs in Paris is absolutely terrifying. Like I have an undeniable fear of like just being trapped underground. And like that for starters, the whole movie is just underground Mm -hmm. is terrifying. Um, And, you know, like as they go through the catacombs and they get deeper and deeper and deeper down, um, like having the the mole just come out of nowhere like this dude that's just been missing for two years just come out of nowhere and be like i can show you the way out but you have to go deeper and deeper down oh no is like 
frightening. <laughs> and like once they like get to the part where like everything switches, where it's like the opposite of whatever they just went through, and everything is just like super dark and evil on the other side, it's oh like i have goosebumps this is probably the only movie that like i can watch repeatedly but like that actually does like scare the absolute crap out of me (laughs) yeah we uh mikhail and i just watched this week uh the descent which i had never seen before and hey hey, i know i know i'm not gonna talk about too much more but but (laughs) it's literally the next pick okay just so so right after she was like (laughs) oh we should also watch this one because it's it's like a very similar vibe vibe in terms of like the claustrophobia and stuff so um we didn't we haven't gotten to it yet um but if it's similar to that one i can absolutely understand why it would be such a high pick for you so yeah it is on netflix if anyone wants to watch it right now Uh, and that's actually been on netflix for so long oh i know i've watched it so many times (laughs) (laughs) it's like my go-to like repeat movie um, the ending is like, I, in my opinion, kind of weak, but everything leading up to it, I think is just fantastic and absolutely terrifying. Yeah. There's actually real stories I mean, of people getting lost in the Paris catacombs, yeah. and that makes it even worse for me. Just the thought of that actually happening. It's, it's horrifying. Oh, yeah, like I know. I wonder. That's what's down there. Yeah, no, yeah. I went on like a like absolute spree, like researching the the catacombs after the first time I watched this, and like researching all the horror stories, like the real live horror stories that came out of it, and I was like super into it. So has <laughs> has anyone else been down there? I went like seven or eight years ago and walked like a mile down there. It's no. awful. Like it's maybe the worst I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> like mm. from the moment you, and and the path that they have you walk. Like there are signs everywhere, like stay on the path because people do get lost down there. And it's it's horrifying. Like it's just millions of bones on either side of you. They're just stacked like 20 feet high. And it's like it was people's job to just go in there and stack bones all day. And it's just the creepiest thing. Like they they got bored. So they put like patterns. There's like hearts made out of skulls. And it's just, oh, God, <laughs> it's, awful. it's so bad. <laughs> it's like the definition of catacombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I've got uh, yeah, I've got some pictures, I think. So I'll I'll see if I can dig some of those up uh, and, and put that them in the server lovely, this week. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, but yeah, it's super creepy. It's, yeah. Excellent choice. (laughs) Um, And we know Travis's choice. It's in a similar vein. Travis, go ahead, make it official. We're we're staying underground. Uh, I'm I'm taking the descent. Yeah. Uh, I saw this one in theaters. And uh, (laughs) when the first time you see like the monster just like kind of move, which is the director of the movie, by the way. Oh, wow. Like mm. Okay. Rad. Uh, like that first one. Yeah. Because um, you don't like see in the first shot. And the actors like did not see the creature before the first time like that they shot a scene with it. Oh, like, I hate that. <laughs> but, uh, I hate that for them. Also, also features uh, like the Final Destination classic, somebody being impaled by uh, copper pipes in this case. Instead uh, of a log. Within like the first like 
five minutes of the movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's the only dude in the whole movie as well. Right. Um, but yeah, just so much horrifying stuff. There's the broken leg, like before you find a monster at all. It's, oh, it's, so, so yeah, we did, like I said, we watched that one this week and as soon as she fell, I, I turned to Cal. I said, am I going to see a bone? And she said, I'm not sure. I don't remember it that well. <laughs> I turned back and looked. And not only is there a bone, this thing is like eight inches out of the leg. Uh-huh. <laughs> there is a bone. Uh, Archie, Archie would have been dragging that back to the house. Um, <laughs> so I, I looked away uh, and I was like, just tell me when I can look again. And it's like a solid like five or six minutes that they spend fixing that thing i'm just oh oh i get you yeah it's it's rough yeah and there's so much like crawling through incredibly tight spaces Mm -hmm. but uh, and see that's the yeah kel and i were talking about it and it's a cool movie because it hits on two like totally different fears because uh, she can speak to it a little bit, but for me, it's the monsters. And for her, I think it's more the the tight spaces, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, I just I can't handle the thought of being trapped in a small space, especially when you can't just immediately back out easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's for sure. too upsetting for me. Um, yeah, that's a big part of it. And that's why I don't actually... belong with my dad. this movie had two different endings uh one for the uk and one for the us and in the uk ending uh she doesn't get out yeah uh she wakes up and uh is still down there yeah so uh that's extra horrifying yeah they that's that's my kind of ending they tend to (laughs) uh yeah they tend to make endings happier for american audiences because it doesn't test as well and they want to make money um that's been going on forever like there's the most famous agatha christie novel probably 10 little indians spoiler alert for a hundred year old novel um but in the original all of the characters die like the killer gets away with his plan and then kills himself and that's how the book ends and when it came over to the u.s people hated it so they reprinted it with an ending where the final two couple up and and the guy saves the day and it's not nearly as good as the original ending. Those dang American audiences. <laughs> they ruin everything. Um, okay, anything else on The Descent before we move on? I'm just going to say, do not go into a cave within a week after watching this movie. <laughs> I absolutely went hiking absolutely in the eight did. caves at Mount St. Helens. Oh, no. At, like a week after watching this movie. And like, we didn't take the easy trail like that mile long walk through the caves that's you know nice and semi-paved and totally (laughs) no we went like the opposite way under the stairwell where you like did have to like crawl up a lava wall and crawl in tight spaces and like you literally come out of a hole in the ground the entire like four hours i was down there i'm like this is how i die this is where i'm gonna die oh no (laughs) (laughs) all right well we're gonna descend a little bit further to the end of round one uh thank you and Mikkel has uh, two picks in a row here. So, Kel, what's your first one going to be? I think it's the number one you had on your list, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm not that surprised it made it to me because this movie doesn't really get that much credit. I can't say I know why, but um, The Grudge from 2004, not 2020, to be clear. Hey. <laughs> it's a great film. <laughs> um, yeah, well, 
I don't know how well made it is. I don't know. I saw it when I was a teenager and it had a really big impact on me. It was the only horror movie to this day and before to ever give me nightmares. Um, it's a, It takes place in Japan. It's about a American, uh, I think she's a nurse. Anyways, it's Sarah Michelle Gellar. I was a huge Buffy the okay. Vampire Slayer fan. And That's so she's partly what got me in the door. That's what I remembered. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, she's in Japan and she gets a job to look after an old lady in a house and turns out that house is super haunted by a, uh, I well, I mean, it is Japan, so (laughs) yeah, but it's a type of ghost that's made when a person dies in a grip of rage. Uh, it's awful, but one of the things I really like about it and I think, you know, kind of affected my, you know, film uh going forward was that um there's just no hope in this movie like as Mm. soon as anybody walks into that house their fate is sealed they cannot escape the grudge and so i don't know you can't call it existential dread i guess but i think that's absolutely what it is (laughs) okay it's it's totally like like not existential though but you're just doomed like yeah. you, walk, you walked into a kind of dread portal. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's like the 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 permeating feeling like no matter what you do, there is no escape. Yes. Like your your fate is sealed for you, and like you can try to enjoy like either enjoy what time you have, but you're not going to. Yeah, um, I've never seen mm, that before. You're definitely not In any movie, you know, and it, it was really unsettling to me. I mean, they don't just, you know, like they also take away hiding under the covers from you. Like, <laughs> a character oh my dies God, that, that way. Seems, scared me. <laughs> Every yeah. time my sheet moves in the night, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. No, 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 no. And the uh, death rattle that the ghost makes all the way through, I feel like, you know, is one of the scariest sounds a horror movie has produced. Could we get, do you, <laughs> At least do you, have, yeah, it do is. you have an impression of the, uh, what is ever what does that sound like kel <laughs> i don't know if i can do it let's just do that let's just do that for the next hour uh it's a no it's it's a great pick um absolutely yeah the the one thing i remember from that because i was far too chicken to see it uh, was the trailer where she's like, I think she's in the shower maybe and like washing her hair and like a hand mm-hmm. is like in her mm-hmm. head and just, oh, yeah, that's. I still imagine that. <laughs> and every every time it like just happens in my head, I'm like, oh, no, stop. <laughs> just well. If no. it helps at all, I was reading trivia about the movie before we got on here. And apparently Sarah Michelle Gellar became allergic to some of the water in the uh, scene there. So she had to take a shower in like a trash bag oh, to no. film that scene. Oh, no. that <laughs> so it might Aww. take away some of the spooks for you. If that how bothers do you, you, how do you get a little, <laughs> oh, it's fine. how do you gain an allergy to water like that? That What were they putting in the water? It's just like for the particular water in Japan huh. or something. I, like I a chemical. Know. Yeah. To it. Yeah. Chemical or like super, super hard water or something. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, um, so round two, uh, you get to actually start us off. You have the next pick as well. Yeah, and you know, I told myself I wasn't going to pick this one if I got the grudge, but I'm doing it. Focus, focus. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to spoil it. 
It's the ring. More like Hocus Nocus. <laughs> The ring. That makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Excellent. They're very similar movies, so I was thinking I shouldn't take them both, but I like them both very much. When you mentioned that the ghost in the grudge was an Onrio, or I think that's how it said, I almost said, oh, like the know. ghost in the ring. I found that when I looked that movie up. So Yeah. Yeah, they're the same thing. So I guess it makes a lot of sense that they both scare the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair enough. It's yeah, I mean, this movie got made fun of and I think it was scary movie. It was, you know, it was a big deal when it came out. And I think the scariest part of the movie to me is the VHS tape that keeps getting played. For some reason, it is super disturbing. Yeah. One. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rob. No, I was just going to say like it, it, it speaks to the viral nature of the compulsion of how we spread horror mm-hmm. between each other. Like in unintentionally, like we share that burden without even meaning to. Yeah. I was uh, reading some of the trivia for this movie on IMDb earlier. And when you got the DVD, there was actually like a hidden Easter egg. If you pressed it down mm-hmm. on your remote control where you could make <laughs> mm-hmm. it play the video. And once it started, it would not let you like go back or stop or turn it off. Like you had to like unplug <laughs> your dvd player to get this thing off your tv which is brilliant yeah and they would also like at some of the early showings they were putting like vhs tapes like on random seats in the theaters so that people would bring it home and yeah it's it was like brilliant marketing for this movie absolutely and i think that's what's genius about it is like it 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 persists and like it's that kind of thing that communicates a modern medium that we know and like literally are participating in uh, to see this movie and just seeing like how easily we expose ourselves to those things. Mm. And it's, it's, it's like, it's a great modern horror story. And it's also like one of the great endings in a horror movie where you think like it's, it's still like this feeling of dread, but you think maybe they've gotten past it. Maybe it's okay. There might be hope. And then there's not, (laughs) there is not hope (laughs) because uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but yeah, he's standing in his apartment and all of a sudden on his TV, there's the well and here comes Samara crawling out of it and then straight out of the TV. And that is one of the scariest things that has ever been put on film. (laughs) yeah i agree most definitely it took me years to even look at the screen when that happened i was like i couldn't look at her face yeah yeah absolutely that's a great choice i know Mm -hmm. it is similar in vibe to the grudge but they're both deserving of being that high a choice i also really enjoy that five out of the seven movies chosen so far are the word the followed by one word (laughs) so Mm -hmm. let's uh see if travis (laughs) keeps up that trend travis you have the next pick in round two uh this isn't coming as a surprise to anybody uh cabin in the woods yes damn it man (laughs) i didn't take that with my number one pick i actually watched that earlier today uh brian did you recognize marty when you watched the village i did we were watching it and i <laughs> i was looking at in like the first scene he's at the end of the table and i was like that kind of looks like the guy from uh from cabin in the woods and Mikel said which one and i said the the drug addict <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, cool. <laughs> the i hated drug- this movie yes. so much when I you mean, first showed it so to good. me <laughs> and this movie was responsible for ali and i's like first 
<laughs> because I was just she she expected a horror movie like a straight horror film, and that is absolutely not what this movie is. It I came around. Have, it does have horrific elements, but and I. I, I gave her the you just don't understand this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I, oh, no. I was like so indignant about it. Yeah. Uh, like I was, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't have been, but uh but as somebody who like doesn't have huge love for horror, partially because of the of the tropes, seeing a movie that used the tropes and deployed them like so well, uh really really spoke to my core i mean the harbinger is is so the, mm-hmm. yes. when they call him yes. the harbinger mm-hmm. that's when i'm like oh okay am i still on speakerphone the scene with no of with course not chris hemsworth on the motorbike uh-huh. yeah. oh, ramming yeah. into the wall is, <laughs> it's like an, oh we're gonna have we're gonna have this big heroic moment and then nope <laughs> nope <laughs> and it's played straight the entire time yep. until that happens yep and but yeah marty like figuring out what's going on and stuff it's just like um and his, the his monsters are scary too like, yeah the no the monsters are actually are really good <laughs> It, the the idea of being trapped down there, like when they hit the button, which why did they have that button? <laughs> <laughs> all of the doors open. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? So I mean, we kind of watched it happen. Yeah, I, I I heard the mention of the bong mug, and I read a couple of pieces of Marty trivia in preparation for Travis picking this it was movie. Five thousand. It cost five thousand dollars, but it was a functional yeah. bong thermos <laughs> yes it was someone still has that I, wow. I bet you my other favorite marty fact was in the scene where they go swimming at the beginning he sits down on the dock and the reason is he's actually super ripped <laughs> they were worried about him showing up <laughs> they were like, yeah there was like a deleted scene the director said that he looked like uh like the pictures of jesus that you see in church <laughs> with this eight pack skinny abs like they're like we can't we can't put him next to Chris Hemsworth and this other guy. So. That is a fantastic fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, Marty. Marty is my spirit animal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Got the, the, uh, puppeteers. <laughs> Pop tarts. Did you say Pop tarts? Oh goodness. I love the vault. I love that vault so much. Yeah. Of like all the horror. Yeah, and even when they hint at it with just the the bulletin board early on where you get to see like all the different options and then they show up later mm-hmm. on when they're in the elevator like in the Like you oh, have yeah. Hellraiser there. Yeah. <laughs> like, fun time. And the merman. <laughs> I would be Yeah, merman too. To not say that my favorite memes about 2020 are are like that scene where they call out who won the bet. Yes. <laughs> okay. Was so this who, who, had, had, who had uh, Hellfire on the West Coast for yeah. September? Who had, who had Killer Hornets? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's it's a brilliant commentary on on horror films yeah. in general and like why we love them, but at the same time, yep. like it's it's just so silly. Yeah. yeah it's a wonderful choice. Um, All right, so we will go to Allie, who's going to take us to the next pick in round two. Allie, what do you got? So 
this was one of the first horror movies that I ever watched, and I was probably far too young to watch <laughs> it. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, I feel like yeah, I'm nice. still too young to watch that movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I watched it. I was probably ten or so oh my when God. I watched it, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and um. It was, I went over to my grandma's house and my cousin Jesse was babysitting me. Oh, okay. And okay. it was my cousin Jesse who like, was like, well, I'm going to watch this movie, Lissy. Don't tell your mom or grandma that we're watching this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And I watched it. I'm like, I love horror so much. <laughs> it's just like one of those movies that like stuck with me as a kid and like I can watch over and over and over and like mm -hmm. to, like to me it's not scary at all i'm just like i'm fascinated by it i'm fascinated by how absolutely horrific it is it's like picturesque in how awful it is oh my god i know and like it's uh, i don't i don't know how else to describe it but it's beautifully done <laughs> <laughs> it is it's like it's it's a masterfully made film like it, it's a it's I mean, it's made by Rob Zombie, uh, mm. like, and it it feels like a film made by someone who grew up on nothing but horror films and wanted to make a horror film and like show his love for that medium. And it totally rings true in that film. I love uh, House of a Thousand mm. Corpses. It's just, it's so so good, and uh, like the scene where uh, they're just like running through the tunnel of just corpses. Mm hmm. Oh, my God. Like that. That was the only time that I'm like, this is terrifying. Like I could just it's basically like a movie of just going through a haunted house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it. Actively designed to Ugh. kill you. I uh, I first saw this film by myself in theaters on accident <laughs> uh, as I had made like a, a day a day date to see uh, the film with my buddy. Because uh, we were both like my buddy Ronnie, who a couple of you guys know, uh, he's mm -hmm. in the Discord and also uh, he shows up for the stream sometime. One of my best friends, um, he and I like were planning on going to see this film together, but he had like had family stuff emergency come up, but I already bought my ticket and I was at the theater. Uh, I was like, well, I'm already here. I'm just going to go like go watch the film by myself and watched it and just loved it. Had such a great time. Yeah. Yeah, I oh no, thank you. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I still want to watch it. <laughs> we'll have to watch it's Rob it, Zombie, right? I, watch it with you. I, I don't yes. think I've watched this one. I've I've only seen The Devil's Rejects, which is That's also super good. It's really good, but I feel like House of a Thousand Corpses is like is yeah. it? I mean, yeah, my just... my dad was like a hell no to me watching it yeah. as a kid so yeah. that was, <laughs> was probably like, nope. like 14 15 when it came out oh no sorry i would have been like 17 18 mm. okay so house of a thousand corpses uh half of us love it half of us are too scared to watch it um <laughs> no i'd like to watch it <laughs> jess will, come on i need someone on my team <laughs> okay uh, all right i'm on your team Thank you. So you won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Rob, you are up next. Uh, what is your second choice to go with The Thing? Uh, I'm torn between three choices, but I will have to go with, I think, in the spirit of, like, I have a, a classic 
like the classic to me horror film i have to go with something modern and that i think speaks to a like a different generation of horror going with get out damn it (laughs) (laughs) was that gonna be your next pick jess not necessarily. It was um, gonna be mine. It was gonna be <laughs> my I thought, third. I thought I should take it now because it's a hot one on that board. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that that was literally like my uh, number we'll two. To... So, what's that, Travis? What's that, Trav? We'll have to get a recording of it. But uh, my daughter's been saying shambles lately. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to that. That's uh, amazing. The sandwich podcast, I think. Oh and yeah. And whomever said shambles and all of a sudden like Len just started stabbing just her pasta going shambles, shambles, shambles. That's amazing. It oh my god. My so much. <laughs> that is excellent. That makes me so happy. Fantastic. All right, so let's talk about how great Get Out is. It's incredible. I feel <laughs> like it's the best horror movie in like 10 years. Yeah. And it like it speaks on so many levels, but specifically like it was uh, directed by Jordan Peele, uh, written and directed by Jordan Peele. And it's, he's done some stuff prior to that, but this was like the defining film for Jordan Peele. He uh, previously of Keen Peele. Um, but it's essentially uh, this black man is going to visit his uh, girlfriend's family for Thanksgiving, right? His white girlfriend. <laughs> his white girlfriend and their family for for Thanksgiving. Her and very his, white family. <laughs> right. And that it becomes the immediate point of contention is like, but you don't understand what it's like for me. And proceeds to join the family for Thanksgiving. And then it immediately turns into something akin to like the thing or body snatchers. Yeah. Where it is terrible. Yeah in the the permeating sense of like corruption and manipulation and the very real sense of like gaslighting that happens in like when he gets hypnotized uh with the tea and just the like the innermost fears get taken outside of him and used against him yeah and Uh, there's there's two levels to the horror in this movie because there's yeah. you know, there's the level where he gets there and Bradley Whitford, uh, the girlfriend's dad, walks up to him and makes a comment about how he would have voted for Obama for a third term. Like there's that level where you're just like squirming in your seat about, oh, gosh, this is a bad situation. <laughs> and, right. And just and, how socially <laughs> awkward it is. And like, yeah. And then like confronting that. Yeah. And then there's that more overt level of horror where we see Allison Williams eating cereal with a glass of milk next to it like an animal. Who does that? <laughs> Animals, that's who. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had to call back to the cereal episode where I had a bad take. <laughs> um, I, th- but, I also thought that might be up there for you too because of that. Just it, yes, fun. I did have that written down. But but I mean, <laughs> the, the sunken place is just this, you know, it's a perfect metaphor and it's a perfect way I think for people to, to maybe start to grasp like how it feels to be marginalized, how it feels to lose your voice and, and be Mm -hmm. like silenced, you know, by a system that you have no control over. And it's like just sitting in the theater. It's, it is that, you know, existential dread that we've talked a lot about tonight, but it's so perfectly captured 
in terms of, you know, the, the racial differences here that it's, it's like the best example to point to of that when someone I feel like doesn't understand that idea of like white privilege, you can be like, let's, let's talk about that out. (laughs) And like, just, just to finish up that or put that thought in a nice bow, like the defining exclamation point of that film is what? The cop car. Yes. The cop car pulling up. And that, that's, I constantly see like tweets about it on Twitter. Just like, name of uh name a moment when you were in a theater and the crowd had a visceral reaction to something yeah yeah and the moment you see his friend come out of the cop car (laughs) you're out of your seat cheering yep and that was one of two endings the other ending is it's actually a white cop and it's way worse and so you have that other element of like way more like negative downer ending yeah, but then jo- when Jordan Peele was at interviewed about, it, he said that wasn't the point I wanted to make about that film. Right, I didn't want it to become that. And it's like you can sit there and say, "Oh man, like this was so prescient for the time." Like, look at the situation we're in today, where it's finally being right. called out. But it's like it's not really prescient for the time because it was going on then too. It's been going on right. for years, <laughs> like hundreds of years. Yeah, go yeah. vote. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody go vote. God damn it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Preach, brother. So yeah, mine's get out. I love that. Yeah, it's a fantastic choice. Um, Okay, Jess, you're back on the clock. I know it's been a while. Uh, You got Train to Busan. What's the second choice? So I think my second choice, um, and I think a lot of people have seen it, but uh, 30 Days of Night. Mm. I thought they did a really nice, nice job of Good like um, mm-hmm. encapsulating, like you know, when oh my god, Alaska shuts down um, because of the snow. Like it, when the blizzards come, there's nothing you can do, like airplane wise, to get in or out, or even by car. So um, in the town of Barrow, you just have to kind of stay put. Um, so the, the terror is like when suddenly all the cell phones are burned and the sled dogs are killed, which made me really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Like that was probably my saddest part of the film. Um, but anyway, uh, but I really appreciated like how they brought the community together and they still had like the dumb juice moments. <laughs> where they just like go off <laughs> what now they're like oh the dumb <laughs> juice like okay. they just had some dumb <laughs> juice and left um <laughs> they're like oh no i have to run out into this terror of an area when we know that there is a threat outside it's like that uh is it a progressive commercial where they're they're being chased by a guy with a chainsaw and they're like well we could get into that running car and they're like no what are you thinking let's go hide behind those I mean, chainsaws <laughs> So both in like the comics, the books, and the movie, <laughs> like some people did. Yeah. <laughs> or like uh, they just yell or they scream and freeze and don't know what to do. Um, but I really I like the moment when they were in the attic and we're like kind of waiting it out. And then um like, you know, more character development stuff. Uh but when they get over to the oil rig, I think it is. Or no, it's not the oil rig, it's where they chop up everything. Um, 
Yeah, it was great. Uh, no, but it, it's like, it's, it's the grinder. Like I, I can't remember what it's called. Like the term for it. Um, is it like a but pulp they're basically mill, there maybe, or like a meat grinding plant. Like what? What are they grinding at Oil this grinder? Uh, they were like grinding down like old parts or like garbage. Oh, okay. To go down, and that's where they find like some airplane parts at the beginning of the movie. Gotcha. And um, so it turns out it's it is vampires, right? Have we said the word? Yeah, it is. It, it's yeah, it's basically <laughs> vampires. Yeah. And um, <laughs> like feral vampires. Also, it was like kind of a love story. And I'm oh, I, I love love stories. Aww. So <laughs> yeah. um, I I made a mistake last week. My my celebrity crush, uh, Josh Hartnett, actually. <laughs> Goddamn, his fucking eyelashes. <laughs> Drowning him. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Um, you, you kind of had me when we started talking about this, talking about, you know, the, the stranded for the winter, no way in or out. Like, I was like, okay, getting kind of like shining vibes from that. But, uh, you lost me with, they kill all the sled dogs. I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was really hard. It was only like for a quick second. Um, yeah. but basically there's like a person that's, um, been enslaved by the vampires and they promised him to like it eternal life they promised him right. eternal life right to like basically shut down this town so that way they can have like a whole feeding session mm. was his name guillermo no it was <laughs> <laughs> no thank um, you I'm, I'm just glad no, everyone was... got that <laughs> Bet. it was actually the villain from 310 to yuma um, oh okay like that actor yeah um but josh hartnett <laughs> I, actually no do i want to spoil this i'm not going to spoil it never mind oh um, okay it is, it is a very nice love story and it actually followed the comic pretty well yeah. and like set up the scene for like new movies and like the tv shows that came out mm. so it's based on a comic book she as she mentioned uh written by Stephen niles and illustrated by ben templesmith who's a hell of an artist a uh, great comic book series uh, the author has also written, Stephen Niles has also written uh, October Faction, uh, which is another great like modern like eldritch horror comic book series. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben Temple Smith has also done, uh, I'm trying to think what else he, he did. There's so Jason Knight. Uh, he did the Silent Hill or some of the stuff in Silent Hill comics. Uh, tons of stuff. I got to, oh, Wormwood. Wormwood was what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, much in the like Constantine uh, vibe uh, met him at the comic shop that I worked at. Wonderful person. Mm. He's a lovely human being. Nice. Excellent. Well, great choice. Yeah, um, I agree. I've got two in a row and I'm, I'm really, really tempted to go for the just pick Stephen King movies bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fair. Cause I like the next two on my list are both Stephen King movies. Uh, I do think I'm going to, I'm going to take one of them at least, uh, because I don't think this would get back to me because I think, I think Kel would take it, uh, before I could get it. And that's it. Chapter one. (laughs) Never watched it because I was terrified in the first 10 minutes. uh, I've put Kel in. We watched it together. The first one. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. We totally watched it. Chapter one. Wait, like the new, oh, chapter one. So the one that was the new one. The new, the, oh, okay. Okay. the first okay. of the two that recently came out when they're kids. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, with the uh, with the kid. From I was thinking Stranger of Tim things. Curry. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Not I. I actually asked earlier today if the Tim Curry one was eligible, <laughs> um, but, but we decided it was not because it's a mini series and is made for TV. So, um, but still ex- excellent. Yes, but but I felt like they tried their hardest with that one. But you know the limitations being what they were in terms of special effects back then. Like the practical effects in that original one are great. But the combination of the practical effects and the CGI in this are just if I had been a I was a kid when I saw the first one and it was freaky, but I was okay. If I had been a kid when I'd seen this one, I would have had nightmares for years. (laughs) Like The effects are just such a it's so good at bringing moments that I've read in the book like five or six times at this point to life like it just. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are these things uh, where like you you can read stuff in a book sometimes and you're like, well, this is, you know, it's in the book. You could never put that on screen. And then somehow they figure out a way to do it. Like the like I'm just thinking about like the scene in the garage where they're looking at the the slide reel with like all the maps of the yep. underground in the town. Oh, that and then it's incredible. And it starts flipping through family photos of them with Georgie and the mm-hmm. mom's hair is in her face. And then it slowly flips back and it's just Pennywise there. And then all of a sudden. He's coming out of the screen with this just giant mouth filled with rows of razor sharp teeth. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> that's great. It's yeah. It got um, me. <laughs> so it's fantastic. So a couple of the things I had looked up about this one. Um, the first kid who interacted with Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise the Clown, was the actor who played mm-hmm. Eddie. And he was so good at being terrified that Skarsgård actually like stopped halfway through the scene and was like, hey, are you OK? And and the kid immediately <laughs> just like broke character and was like, yeah, man, love what you're doing with the character. This is great. <laughs> so I thought that was I awesome. Yeah. Um, Pennywise in this movie has a total of four minutes of dialogue and most of it's in the first scene with Georgie. Like he barely talks in this movie. It's all, you know, sight gags and jump scares and just these ridiculous effects where he just he's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clowns are terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and his his inspirations oh, he cited for this movie. This will come as no surprise, probably, but he said that he was inspired by Jack Torrance in The Shining, uh, mm. Alex from Clockwork Orange, uh, the mm, Joker from The Dark much, Knight, yeah. and Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> like those yeah, were yeah, his. He- yeah, and it's like that's a Mount Rushmore of villains right there, and like he's trying to channel yeah. all four of those in one, and he friggin' pulls it off. He does <laughs> oh, he does. There's a he, great, he's such a good actor. Yeah, and this this is kind of tied to part two, so I won't say too much. But there's a great interview online with uh, Bill Hader where he talks about uh, he walked up to Bill Skarsgård while they were filming the second part and asked him how they do that thing in special effects with his eyes where his eyes look in two different mm-hmm. directions and Bill Skarsgård in full Pennywise makeup goes, Oh, you mean like this? And he just does it. Like he's just able uh-huh. to do that. <laughs> and Bill Hader like couldn't talk to him the rest <laughs> of the day. He was so freaked out. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's a great adaptation. It, and that Tim Curry one is so beloved and it's, it's definitely aged. Like it's very cheesy. So they, I think they could have leaned into that with this remake and done their own kind of cheesy thing, but they went so hard into just straight horror that it really stands apart from, 
from the miniseries, I think, in a lot of great um, ways. Mm, the, absolutely. The book is that. not cheesy at all. No, so, no, it's not. <laughs> I, like, the book is so far from cheesy, it's not even funny. Yes, so yeah. We made it tolerable. I haven't seen part two yet. Oh, it's very it's good. good. Um, it's it's not as good. it's not as good as the first one, but it's still pretty good. Bill Hader is fun to watch. In he's anything, incredible so, in yeah. both of them. Yeah, how's Such the a... stuff with um, Henry Bowers? Because that was the stuff that really got to me. In honestly. Chapter Two, it's yeah, it's I mean, it's there. It's that was one of the things that scared me the most in the miniseries because Pennywise, it is like hard to take Tim Curry seriously a lot of the time, but the, the Henry Bauer stuff is pretty legitimately uh terrifying. And, and and it is as well, I would say. So, yeah. Um, it's it's awful. So I'm going to skip over the next (laughs) Stephen King movie I had on my list. Um, I know, I know. And if it comes back to me, maybe I'll take it forth, but, uh, I am going to pick, this is probably the movie that did scare me the most the first time I watched it. Um, we talked about, you know, taking best scary movie over scariest movie. This is a classic and it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. And that is the original uh, Exorcist. Yep, I thought so. Ooh. 1973. So. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Good and pick. it's it's one of those ones a lot of. Sometime. Yeah, a lot of times horror movies, it's like where you saw it, what mindset you saw it in and. We we rented this one for Halloween one year when I was like 15, 16. And my dad was like, oh, I'm sure it's aged really poorly. Like he's like, I saw it when I was a kid and I was terrified, but I'm sure it's not that bad anymore. And like we watched it in the dark for Halloween. We like made this big deal out of it. <laughs> I was terrified, <laughs> <laughs> terrified. Um, you know, Linda Blair plays the the girl. Oh, what's what's her name in the movie? I'm blanking. Oh God, Reagan. Reagan, yes. Thank you. Um, And the first time she she went full demon, like her dialogue was so foul that Max von Sydow playing the priest, like actually forgot his lines. He's just like, "What am I supposed to even say to that?" (laughs) Um, And it's just there's there's a famous scene in the movie where she uh, projectile vomits on uh, on another character. And I was reading about this and apparently it was supposed to, it was coming out of this tube and it was supposed to hit the guy in the chest. And they only did one take of this because it hits him in the face <laughs> directly. <laughs> and he was so mad. He like refused to do it again. He he said like, he's never like done something so unprofessional in his life. He was like so upset about it that they only did the one take, but it was so perfect anyways. Cause it just, just vomit straight to the face. Like that's the most iconic scene. It's that. And then her head spinning and it's just, Oh, there's so much freaky crap going on in this movie. (laughs) Um, There's also like, and, and, and it's, it's another one of those ones where there's a lot of subtle things too. Uh, We've talked about the dread stuff and there are scenes where, you know, they're walking through the house and the lights are flickering and sometimes the lights will flicker off and there's just like the face of a demon there on the screen all of a sudden. And then the lights come back on and there's just all these tiny things that happen throughout the movie that are, they're not part of the the main story or the horror necessarily. They're just there to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's like experimental. Yeah. That's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, the last thing I had on this one was that the actress who recorded the lines for the demon who is named Pazuzu, which 
if I'm being honest, that's like a C minus demon name at best. Demon name. Yeah. Pazuzu. <laughs> not great. Um, but she Sounds basically like a clown. She, she basically like from a chain pizza restaurant. Yeah, she, she like tortured herself to get the voice just the right way she wanted it. She was so she was eating raw eggs like she was Rocky. And then she's also uh, chain smoking and taking shots of whiskey on set, even though she was a recovering alcoholic. She had her priest oh. there to monitor. <laughs> So she's just like smoking, you know, eight packs a day, chugging whiskey so that she could get her voice to sound as awful as possible. So, yeah, it's it's just it's a classic and it's one that Mm -hmm. holds up surprisingly well, considering, you know, how old it is at this point, Um, 40, 47 years old this year. Um, And it's still the practical effects have aged super well. It's still terrifying. So that's my pick. Yeah, and uh, so we go back to Jess for her third pick. Nice. Um, Well, okay. Uh, We're going to talk about Jeepers Creepers 2 because it was the most terrifying of the Jeepers Creepers movies for me. (laughs) Mostly because, like, the first, like, quarter. (laughs) Um, So there's a bus scene where the demon just kind of attacks the window and it has, like, these big-ass bat wings and then, a, like, rows of teeth on the top and bottom. So it just, like, hugs the bus of these. Uh, so there's, like, a bunch of, like, varsity students inside of the bus. And it suddenly smiles. Oh, no. And, like, points at somebody. And they're like, me? And so somebody leaves. And then there's, like, another dude. And he's like, Me? And then there's like a bigger smile of like these double rows of teeth. Um, yeah, it's it's really creepy. And also <laughs> shortly after that, um, he like basically like rattles the bus a bunch and there's a hole in the top of the bus and he takes the head of somebody. <laughs> Like Ooh. one of the varsity students. Oh, that's right. Because they, they had like stabbed him in the head and like basically like taken out part of his skull. No, thank you. So he, he comes <laughs> down and like takes a varsity student and steals their head and then pops it into his own head. And it was like the creepiest but coolest like experience. Like, uh, it was a weird <laughs> transformation experience. <laughs> I'm like, oh, 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 so... why? Um, <laughs> that, was, that was terrifying. So I no longer like buses. <laughs> so, so I've I, never, I'm terrified. I've never seen a, a Jeepers Creepers movie, and I don't really know much about them. Is there like a name for the creature? Like, are they a a demon, or are they a zombie, or a vampire? Like, what kind of creature? It, it's kind of a, or is it its own it's, thing? It's kind of its own creature. Okay. Um, I mean, it does have like bat wings, like really, really big bat wings, and it's like humanoid, but um. I honestly, it's been so long. I can't remember (laughs) why the creature became a thing. Okay. All I remember was the school bus. Yeah. He, he's totally his, his own creation, uh, but starts as like a, the way I always viewed him was like, uh, the concept of like a scarecrow being creepy come to life. Hmm. And yeah, I can see that. Because he like he starts out as the, these kids driving by on a bus in the first one, uh, they see oh, the scarecrow. Oh no, they're they're in a car. They're in a car. Oh, okay, that's right. 
um they see the scarecrow and they was it they start messing with him right Mm -hmm. and then like it proceeds like oh yeah maybe we should have taken that seriously but yeah like has these bat wings flies around um like takes the eyes uh uh, but yeah he's a totally original creation which i think is it was really well designed for for its time too yeah i'm looking it up and it, it actually says yeah at the start of the second one this is on wikipedia that he is disguised as a scarecrow as well so mm. Ooh. okay okay yeah this is my dad made me watch it <laughs> this is uh when i said i'm like a three or a four on the scary scale this is what i'm talking about this is a big no from me fam <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i probably went from like I'm going to watch it. And then after the bus, I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it anymore. (laughs) I'm done. Excellent. All right. Uh, Rob, you are up next in round three. All right. I am going to pick what I think is Bruce Campbell's finest appearance. Mm. And it's Evil Dead 2. Mm. Dead by Dawn. Okay. Hell yeah. It is so. If my if it comes around to me, I I suspect I'll still be able to talk about it. In my next pick, but this film was one of my. I think I was like ten or eleven first time I saw it. And my dad's a huge, huge horror movie buff, um, and he he wanted to introduce me to evil dead the series because it was one of his favorite series um and but he was he was concerned because he knew uh when i was younger like one of the horror movies that impacted me then uh had a had a lot of impact and so he was concerned that he might overdo it again so he tried it a little bit lighter with showing me evil dead 2 now for those who don't know it's uh bruce campbell goes to a cabin in this one, which is kind of like a retelling of the first Evil Dead. Uh, it's not important. Uh, still a fine film, but this is he and his girlfriend go to a cabin in the woods uh, and they <laughs> Ash finds uh, the Necronomicon <laughs> and for whatever reason decides to start reading it aloud. Why not? What could like go wrong? You, like you do with <laughs> all books bound in human flesh of course of course Uh, and and, uh (laughs) unleashes a a demon or a ghost that possesses uh his his girlfriend and he has to kill her and is basically the entirety of the rest of the night is trying to survive uh to, to survive by dawn and incorporates a lot of cool elements that i started to get interested in with like Eldritch and Lovecraftian horror separate from HP Lovecraft, because honestly, screw that guy. Yeah. Uh, but, (laughs) uh, but, uh, this introduced me to that Avenue of like chanting the like Gothic horrors into the world by, uh, some discover like long hidden tome and all that. Uh, and it, but like, it also incorporates a lot of really interesting, uh, slapstick comedy. That's what I was going to say. Cause yeah, Kel and I were talking about this earlier and she told me that evil dead one is a horror movie. Evil dead two yep. is a comedy. <laughs> so. It's a horror comedy. Yeah. And then uh, army of darkness is a comedy with like inspired by horror. Yeah. 
Um, but I feel like Evil Dead 2 is similar to Travis's pick with Cabin in the Woods. It is the like perfect blending of slapstick comedy in a lot of ways mm. and just absurdity uh, mixed with like sheer terror and just awfulness. And like the uh, it was one of the first films when I watched uh, when I was younger that introduced me to uh, director's commentary and deleted scenes and behind the scenes and seeing uh, like them pointing out things from particular shots and angles about, okay, yeah, if you look at the monster from this angle, like you can totally see the practical effects and like the split down the butt crack of the costume (laughs) mold that they made and like how it's (laughs) flapping over her like actual clothing. And so it's not actually that scary. And then like you look in the upper right corner, you can see where the set is being constructed and like the facsimile (laughs) of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a really cool perspective to be introduced to like, yeah, people spend a lot of time and i've talked about it before uh elsewhere but tom savini uh was it the godfather the the father of gore uh a legend in the industry uh also in um did work on like dawn of the dead and all that i think he was actually in the dawn of the dead remake Hmm. uh but he's responsible for a lot of the film horror films at the time and the practical effects and just an artist Um, But that's what introduced me. This film is what introduced me to that element of the art of like gore and horror films and made me appreciate them from a different angle. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great pick. I know, Kel, you love those movies, too, right? Um, I mean, I've seen them. I really love (laughs) Army of Darkness. (laughs) It's fun. It's a fun film. (laughs) Yeah. That's the is that the, the remake third also. one or <laughs> yeah 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 that's the third in the trilogy and then the remake they did uh, not long ago like what 10 20 years ago about 10 years ago yeah uh, fantastic remake did you watch I the um, did you watch the TV show when that came out at all I watched some of it I do want to finish it I did like what I saw I just got yeah. distracted we like we were really excited that Lucy Lawless was in it but uh yes. yeah we watched a few episodes but kind of fell off but that might be something to go back to so yeah um all right the first sequel on anyone's list um well no because jess just did jeepers creepers 2 jeepers creepers 2 oh that's i meant to say it then (laughs) Uh, it's okay we'll just cut that out and put that right (laughs) no i won't (laughs) i refuse it'll it'll kill All right, it is Allie's turn. Two more picks, I suppose. Yes. Um, Well, well, Allie, Travis, and Kel have two more picks. Uh, Rob, Jess, Mm -hmm. and I have one more. So, um, Allie, you're up. You're up next, and uh, let's see if you keep that sequel train going, or if you take something uh, an original. I have no sequels on my list at all, (laughs) but. I will start this off with a slightly embarrassing fact. Uh, the badass I am today was not always so. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, up until I was embarrassingly probably 13 years old, every time I watched a horror movie, I would end up sleeping on my parents' floor. And my mom would get so pissed off because she'd wake up at like five o'clock in the morning to get ready for work and just like step on my face. And I'd just be like right there. (laughs) So when I went to go see this movie in the theaters with my mom, like I prefaced it with, all right, I'm 
I'm going to be sleeping in your room tonight, Ma. Like, that's <laughs> that's just all there is to it. Uh, paranormal Activity, the first one. Oh, yes. So me and my mom went to go see this in the theaters, and it scared the living crap out of me. Um, partially because, like, it is a found footage, so it, like, it has that feeling of being real and, like, being so just like something it's just something that could absolutely happen and like i'm a full believer and like the paranormal and ghosts and everything like that like i've had my own experiences so like everything just felt so real and like by the time like me and my mom got out of the theater she just we're like driving and she's like i think I think I need you to sleep in my room tonight, honey. I'm like, yeah, no, that's totally fine, Bob. Like, I'll totally sleep with you. That's fine. (laughs) But, uh, like, I will say, like, the ending is terrible. It is a horrible ending. It totally throws you off and, like, just takes you out of it. But everything leading up to, like, that last two-minute mark is just so great like the scene where uh mika puts down the like baby powder or flour or whatever it is and like you just see the footprints of the demon coming into the room is like oh my god like it sent shivers in every inch of my body i I think one of the the most disturbing things about paranormal activity is how much happens while they're sleeping Um, yeah like uh, you 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 want to feel safe when you're sleeping right and this says that you're not and i think that's that's the thing that like really sets in to me for this for this movie what are your favorite sequels my favorite sequels one? uh oh, i can't remember which one it is um it's the one with the two little girls where it's uh, Katie and her sister, like as little kids. Is that three or four? I, I want to say that's three. I know there's I like a cool. certain sequel where I think it's like Katie's sister and like her baby. And like, I just, I couldn't do the baby. I couldn't like, I'd watched it like right after we had Len and I'm just like, no, anything with babies. Oh. Is, like, off limits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Like, horror, like some horror took a different, uh, like, different tone once we had a kid yeah yeah <laughs> that makes like sense all of the like kid related horror i'm just like i can't do like i would just sit there and i would ball like there was like times at work where i'm like just sitting there bawling at work and i'm like i just i have to shut this off so i can actually work and do things appropriately <laughs> uh but yeah so this is like this is pretty high up there on my list it's something that i like will like watch over and over and over again and uh like i said it just it feels real it feels like something that could actually happen and that's what i think makes it so terrifying yeah this this whole series falls into a category of movies i like to call i will read the wikipedia plots all day but i will never (laughs) see a single one of these movies (laughs) i just i can't do the jump scares and it feels like every scare in this movie is pretty much based around you know, something moving when it's not supposed to. <laughs> and that um, is a mood. Yeah. A total mood. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, even, yeah. it's even worse. I don't like jump scares. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the second one is like is way worse. And because um, because it's got the oscillating camera, the camera on the oscillating fan. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Like, and Kel, when um, mm. 
when Allie first picked this, I heard you say, oh, yeah. So are you a big Paranormal Activity fan? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely on my list. Um, I thought it was super spooky. Um, and I read recently that there was actually no script. Like, they were given guidelines on how to behave for the movie, but it's unscripted, which I feel like really adds to how real it feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, and just the fact that they're for using, sure. like, a handheld camera, you know, you just feel like you're in it with them, and it's, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's a... Yeah, and the... Go ahead. Oh no, it's 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 a series. Like I said, it's it's kind of like the the Five Nights at Freddy's video games. Like I'm super fascinated by it and by the lore behind by it. I like how they've like connected things throughout the series. But I will never watch or play <laughs> anything having to do with Paranormal Activity or Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> so. They're very much in similar veins too. Yeah, um, that's true. I I did watch a thing with the developers of five nights at Freddy's and it was really f-ing creepy. And I was like, mm, I'm glad to watch this now at a convention and then leave. Yeah. <laughs> and not play be around people. Oh man. All right. Before I get too scared and have to end the podcast early, uh, let's move on to Travis, your third choice, buddy. Okay. So I, I'm interested to know if this was your other Stephen King pick here. Mm-hmm. This is, I was, uh, I, I have a few this. on my list. I'm, but. I'm taking the mist. Yeah, that was that was has, the other one I had high up, but that was damn the it, that was mine. Oh, <laughs> that was really good. Damn, uh, the it's mist okay. has the best ending. Yeah, of yeah. maybe oh, any mm, horror movie. Maybe the worst ending mm, in the it's... best way. <laughs> Stephen King mm. has actually said that he's mad he didn't think of this ending, so he he loved it. Um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Also, so who's who's the la- who plays the lady in the supermarket? It's been quite a while. Oh, uh, um, I'll look it I've up. I'll it. look it up. Is it Marsha Gay Harden? Yes, um, yes, it is. That's exactly who okay. It is. Yeah, Mrs. Carmody. She is yeah. the other element of this movie that is really horrifying. Oh, yeah. Like aside from <laughs> the gigantic bugs, you know. Yeah. Uh, like that, she scared me so much more <laughs> than 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 those did. Again, like going way back to to Claude Fro- Frollo, because it felt pretty realistic. Yeah, um, something that would go on in that situation. But the the ending specifically is like, how could it end any worse? Um, do I go into spoilers here? What do you think? Yeah, it's it's thirteen years old, I think now. So I'm that's why we're okay. here. It's yeah. um, if you don't want so spoilers they... for the mist, uh, skip ahead a minute. But understand that it's one of the greatest endings in a in the history of horror films. Right. So it's it's Tom Jane. Uh, I can't Who remember I if it's just his kid stuff. or not. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, his kid, and it's the two older folks from the grocery store. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, you know, they were trapped in the grocery store against like there's horrible monsters out in the mist, right? So they, yeah, it's like they the drive away because they hear the military is coming. Uh, and they drive and drive and drive, and they don't find anybody, and they th- think the monsters are coming. And Tom Jane has a gun with three bullets. And uh, Mercy kills his son and the two older people 
gets out and starts walking to commit suicide by monster uh, and tanks start rolling by. Yeah. There to save um, the day. And yeah. the military <laughs> has pushed, the pushed back the monsters. And and the, um, the best part of all is that, oh, I can't remember her character's name, but she played Carol on The Walking Dead. And she had asked him for help at the start of the movie to go find her kids. And no one will help her. And so she walks out on her own and she's riding on the tank with her kids just staring down at him. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like a second jab after the initial gut punch. <laughs> yeah. And it's an incredibly intense gut punch that you yeah. would never see coming. Yeah. Like in a million years. Yeah. And and Frank Darabont, who directed this, like I said, King said it was better than his own ending. Um, he like is batting a thousand with Stephen King adaptations because he's also done uh, the Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption. Like he Incredible. Shawshank Redemption, yeah. the greatest adaptation of a written work, like the yep. most yeah. the most Preach. closely followed adaptation of a written work that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's great. And and Darabont also went on to work on The Walking Dead. He brought that actress. I can't remember her name. Uh, Kel, do you remember her name? Who plays Carol? Oh, uh, it's Melissa something, I think. Yeah, Melissa something. Um, I was about to say Melissa McBride. Yeah. I want to say Melissa McCarthy, so <laughs> I don't know where but, these are coming from. But he, he brought her to The Walking Dead, and he actually wanted to bring Thomas Jane with him as well. It is be, Melissa McBride. Okay. Wanted to bring Thomas Jane to play Rick Grimes as well, but it just didn't didn't end up working out. Um there's also Travis and I are both big fans of the Dark Tower. There's a nice uh, Dark Tower Easter egg at the start of this film where Thomas Jane is painting the the cover of the the Gunslinger, the first book in the series. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So, yeah, I just thought that was a really cool shout out to the Dark Tower because we both I know we both love that series. So I thought you would appreciate that, Travis. I, what I, Roland I, loves I, the dark tower. I know. Crazy <laughs> thought. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, Kel gets to be the first to finish off her list with her third and fourth picks mm-hmm. here. So uh, Kel, what have you got lined up first? All right. Um, well, I think I'm going to go with hereditary from. Mm. Oh, that's oh, a yeah. good one. That's a I really was waiting good for one. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah, pick. yeah. I was you know, wondering when we were talking about kid stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we've reached the kid stuff portion <laughs> it's a gut punch for sure even as a non-parent you know um the family drama that goes on in this movie is tense um but yeah i don't get scared that easily anymore and this movie really lingered with me afterward it's just it's i got a very disturbing feel to it yeah yeah it's messed up it it <laughs> Like I don't shake easily. This one, this one messed with me a bit. Like two yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, yeah. it's one of those movies where it, the trailer kind of misleads you. Like you don't mm-hmm. really know what you're in for going in, and um, it's a ride. I'll tell you that. I feel like I can't say very much because it is a very recent movie, and there's you know some spoilers. Um, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> It's but, one of those worth like experiencing for yourself. I, yeah, I believe this, so. 
This falls into my previously mentioned categories of Wikipedia reads, but not sees. <laughs> same. And same. yeah, I remember I read it and I told Kel, like, there's no way I can go see this movie. And I remember you saw it and you came back and you're like, I don't know, it wasn't that bad. But then like for a couple of weeks afterwards, you kept talking about it and I, I could tell it had like stuck with you. It, <laughs> so, it does. It, it, it definitely does. Yeah, it really, really yeah. does. <laughs> And Tony Collette is just fantastic yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's she... amazing. And I read while I was looking up some research before this, you know, I saw she didn't actually want to do any more horror movies. She's done, you know, a few in her time, but she read right. the script for this and she just, she loved it so much. She couldn't say no. So yeah. that speaks to some of the quality of the movie. Also filmed in Utah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I recognized it. I but didn't shortly know that. Yeah, uh, I I mentioned it briefly at one point because we uh, when we watched it and then watched the credits, it said at the very end, confirming my suspicions filmed in Utah because it looks a lot like uh, Park City and Sundance, uh, that general area. But yeah, it was totally filmed in Utah. But yeah, uh, it's it it's that final moment, like climbing up the the little treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. That's our that's our jump scare for the show. <laughs> just that that moment in the treehouse at the very end. Just, ugh. yeah, just the climax of the movie, really. With you know, like I said, I don't know how much I can say, but the in attic. the attic, yeah, I also think yep. of the mother as well. <sighs> yeah, it's just it's so intense. You're on the edge it of your seat it's, until the end. And then, yes, I know you this. Or I know that you know this. Shh, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well. Ben refuses. Um, <laughs> all right, well, Kel, you get to be the first to finish off your list. So what is your, your last choice? Let's see if you pick a title with more than two words in it. I'm not going to. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> No, yeah, I thought I might be taking this one from you, Brian, but you said your next one would probably be Stephen King, so it's it's definitely oh. safe. But um, I'm going to take The Babadook from 2014. Oh, I totally nice. forgot about that one. Damn, um, I had to on my list. <laughs> it was on my list, too. It's such an amazing movie. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, I, you know, I've only seen it a handful of times, really. I tend to forget about it, too, but it is amazing. It's super intense and super scary the design of the monster and even the sound he makes just really stick with you um it's very inspired by the the grudge sound that we all made earlier absolutely Mm -hmm. just that grating like it feels like it's going to go on forever and it just makes your skin crawl yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the artwork in the book that of a little boy finds is horrifying as well um Speaking of the little boy, you spend like half of the movie just hating that kid. It's awful, but he's just like acting out so terribly for most of the movie. And then at like the second half, you're completely on his side. Yeah, it's it does a great job at making you feel very sympathetic towards the mom. It, like it, it makes you understand how tough it can be to to raise a child who's got either you know a a learning or physical disability um which which he clearly has and it's just 
it's painful because it's you don't want to get frustrated with it because that makes you feel like a bad person. And you can tell yeah. the mom is going through that same journey. <laughs> like she mm-hmm. she doesn't want to hate her son, obviously, but she's just so tired and so frayed throughout this film. It's just it's hard not to feel for her. It's a crucible. And yeah. I, I yeah. think part of what makes it so effective is similar to something like something like get out in that it speaks to a social dread that a lot of people face. Um, Mm. and like similar with the whole gaslighting thing, it part of what's so effective about this film is seeing a single mother raise a child and the struggle that she's going through, like you said, and like you relate to her so much in wanting her to like, it's a it, it's it's such a test of patience to try to to break through to that that person that you love so much and that is a part of you, but you can't find success. And so you're constantly on your back heels trying to get like grasp at anything and to like introduce a a like supernatural threat into that is is just awful yeah yeah it's such a good film it's really good and <laughs> the indie film out of what was that australia it or new zealand australia. yeah okay and yeah. i had a fun fact that i found online which i you know i knew this but i'd forgotten it's been a few years but the film uh, became a meme and symbol for the lgbtq community after netflix accidentally placed it under lgbt movies <laughs> And yes. I just thought that was beautiful. Gay pride that. symbol, Baba Duke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. They they like fully embraced it. There was some great memes and stuff for a while yeah. around that. It's yeah, I'd it's forgotten, wonderful. but it was so good. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, okay, so we are coming back around down the stretch. Uh, Travis, you are up next to finish off your uh, scary movie list. What do you got? All right. I said I had a pick that uh, might be controversial, so we'll see. I'm going to throw it out there and see what you all have to say. No Country for Old Men is an extremely scary movie, y'all. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. I like it. Like, Hmm. Anton Chigurh is a horror movie movie monster. I like like it as a horror movie. I love the like the concept of Cormac McCarthy being a horror writer. Yeah, like so. What do y'all think? You're gonna give it to me? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I two thumbs up. I'm leaning back in my chair. I'm putting my sombrero on. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, like, honestly, no movie has left the feeling of dread with me for, for so long after leaving the movie theater. And, like, that's yeah. what puts it up here for me. Uh, it's just, like, it is, so, the, it, it is such a quiet movie. Like, the amount of silence, the only music in the whole movie is when he gets woken up by street mariachis when he's sleeping on the street in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, And then the closing credits has some music over it. But that's it. And there's so so many long stretches where nobody talks. It's There's just the sound of, like, the desert landscape in the background. Like, Javier Bardem is chilling. 
Oh my god, that haircut is chilling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah it's the station with him. And... Go ahead. Travis, what's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? <laughs> that whole sequence with the gas station attendant. Yep, Holy that's what I was crap. just about to say. Yeah. It's like, yeah, his his first scene where he like, <laughs> you know, has that conversation and you're like, what oh, am I? So like, good. What is happening? Uh great book as well like it, i i really enjoyed really enjoyed that read but yeah uh, read some dark stuff yeah and using the the pneumatic the air tube there as a weapon was oh, yeah that's it's a great like iconic villain weapon it's something that like had not been done before in a film i feel like i hadn't seen it before and so it's now now it's just like associate that with him and it's oh yeah, uh, Captain I, Stubbs did debunk on the Ask a Locksmith podcast that oh, that yeah. would not, in fact, work that way. That's Punching fair. out the locks. That's fair. But it's... <laughs> at least for locks, maybe skulls, but not. Oh really. yeah, no, well that's what it's made for, so I'm pretty sure it'd be <laughs> doing that job just fine. Oh good. Um, but like uh, Tommy Lee Jones too in that movie yeah. is like yeah mm, josh that's one of my favorite performances from tommy lee jones and yeah. he's like not in it all that much it's a great it's my, choice. one of my favorite from everyone in it yeah <laughs> coen brothers yeah. yeah yeah they've they've quickly become you know in that tarantino tier for me where it's like as soon as i see their name attached to it it's like yeah i'm, I'm gonna go see that <laughs> yeah it doesn't like, really matter it. what it's about <laughs> could be so, good could be bad but i'll watch it simple. yeah uh, okay, Allie, are you ready to round out your team? I am. Uh, so this pick I have only seen twice in my entire life, and it's because it's so ungodly repulsive. Uh, <laughs> but because of that, it absolutely do- deserves a position on my list, yes. and that is The Human Centipede. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We were so close, Allie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the imagery from the movie just, like, is ingrained into my soul at this point in time. grotesque. All right, great pick. And Rob. (laughs) (laughs) It's so horrible, we can't talk about it. (laughs) Let's just talk about the South Park uh, human Sentai bad episode instead. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Allie. Read go ahead. Your list, people. <laughs> I mean, but but really, like the the whole thing, it's just you're like in a foreign country, you get kidnapped, and then you're experimented on, and there's surgery performed on you without your knowledge or consent, and like that in itself mm. is terrifying. But then to like wake up like ass to mouth attached to another human being (laughs) it's so bad mouth as well as ass (laughs) (laughs) and like the fact that like he immobilizes them by like i think it's like what cut severing the the tendons in the back of the knees or something like that like oh oh, like it's repulsive it is oh my god it's so just yeah, grotesque. Would you say it's horrifying? <laughs> I'll indulge yeah, it's, you. Yes, it's, it's for horrifying. Me. <laughs> yeah, like 
like torture torture porn horror is like the worst kind for me it, i can't do it so i've i think saw is like the closest i've gotten to watching something like that and that's tame that's compared to this yeah. movie yeah so and was done that's because yeah. carrie always is in it it is i love that man the dread the pirate roberts chained yeah. <laughs> to a wall he's, he's great that. okay uh, I think we have said all that needs to be said about the human centipede. <laughs> yep. it, it's it's a ter- it, like it's a fantastically terrible film. Yes, yeah, it is. And it like the mention of human centipede, like you've heard, has an impact. Yeah. Uh, so, Rob, it's time for you to choose a terribly fantastic film to round out okay. your case. So, uh, Brian, do you have a guess as to what my last choice is? I've mentioned it. I've danced around it. Do you know what it is? Um, shoot. It's a doll. Uh, is it Chucky? The doll is Chucky. The film ah. is Child's Play. Ah, okay. Okay. Now, which, which one are we talking? The original? The very first Child's Play. Okay. Now, as was mentioned earlier with Ali and um, the... I wasn't always a badass. Uh, <laughs> what, where I sharpened my teeth on horror and what really got to me was child's play. I yeah. was four years old when I saw this film. Also, that's too young. My, <laughs> I agree. Also, my dad's friend got a poster that had Chucky on it put it on the back of my bedroom door so that every night before i went to bed that's right i remember this now i saw (laughs) chucky on the back of my door i was so i was so terrified (laughs) that i that chucky would kill me in my sleep that I refuse to let them take the poster down. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, oh, whenever I say that horror does not impact me like yeah. most people, it's because I was traumatized as a child. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole concept of having a childhood friend that is a toy that accompanies you and is safe murdering everyone around you (laughs) is like the definition of what I grew up on. Right. And so have you, have you continued with the series now that you're older? Totally. Uh, They're nowhere near as bad. And like they end up being comedies in some ways. Right. Like, did you see shout out to mark hamill that's what i was gonna ask have you seen the new mark hamill and what were your thoughts i haven't seen it but if anyone if anyone was capable of reprising that role it's fucking mark hamill yeah i mean that's not revelation (laughs) yeah it's not too far off from his joker voice probably Right, but like that, Mark Hamill is just in, is, is an incredible yeah. voice actor. Yeah, that's uh, a, people think that he like didn't do much after Star Wars, but if you go look at the list of all the voice acting, he's, he's a done, legend. The man has been working uh, since the day Return of the Jedi wrapped. Like he's 
Yeah, he's he's very been hard working, working since <laughs> Star Wars rap, man. Yeah. He's that dude's been doing work. Yeah. Shout out to Mark Hamill. But uh so yeah, Child's Play is is like if you look at my list, three out of the four are defined by films that my father introduced me to. The mm. very bottom of that list is the foundation of where it all started for me. Nice. And it started with Child's Play. Yeah. Like going back, kind of a hokey, cheesy horror film. Uh, practical effects, fine, but like introducing that to a child <laughs> is something else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm with you. I, I had a not the same experience, but I was sort of plagued by Chucky as a child in that every uh, Halloween, my uh, local movie store had a life-size Chucky doll that they'd move around the store. Right? And so whenever we'd yeah. go in there, I'd just be like <laughs> trying right? not to look at it. And then growing up, I was extra nice to my dolls just because I was right. so traumatized and afraid that they would turn on me. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Feels. All Maybe right. Feels. Uh, it's a great pick. So, uh, we will move on. We've got two movies left here. Jess, you are on, uh, I was going to say on deck, but in fact, you are up. What's your choice? Um, so I'm going to lighten the mood with Shaun okay. the Dead. Ah. Uh, good choice. Directed by yeah. Edgar, or Edgar Wright. And, uh, you know, it's like his, the main character and his best friend are just kind of hanging out. And then I'm just going to talk about what I love about Shaun of the Dead. Please do. So, Absolutely. My favorite, my favorite scenes. Um, so like where they all meet up with their doppelgangers. There's like Sean. Oh my God. Yvonne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's the best. And then they go into the bar, like the best the part Winchester. of the bar. The Winchester. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then like, they don't really expect everything to happen until the jukebox goes off and it's just like, just shut off goddamn queen. Just shut off queen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Like, shut off queen. What do you mean, shut off queen? <laughs> yeah, this, it's a great parody of a lot of zombie movies, but it still does like a good job of having, you know, the, that action and those tense moments and the tender moments. Like it's, you can tell they love these types of movies and it shows like in the finished product for sure. Especially yeah. like when um, I can't remember the character's name, but he goes into the back room and like opens up the blind and there's like zombies there. And he's like, Oh, nope. And just shuts <laughs> the blinds and leaves. He's like, no, bye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kel, I know this is one of your favorites too. Is it on your list? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love this movie so much. It's, really funny but it's also so heartfelt and it is a little bit scary sometimes so it's got it all yeah i think my favorite moment is their first encounter with a zombie uh the the large man and the small woman out in their yard and and so they bring out the box of records they're they're like debating which records they can throw (laughs) like oh no don't throw that one that's a good record don't throw that one yeah and then like when sean gets pinned by the zombie and uh, ed runs off you think he's gonna go get a weapon or something but he comes back with a camera (laughs) (laughs) phasmophobia Uh, yes (laughs) 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 
<laughs> um, two two things. Cricket bat. Uh, yes, that was really great. excellent yes. weapon. Like nice flat, uh, smacking grounds. And, one of my uh, best friends actually like carved one for a Comic Con here. Uh, awesome! Oh, that's awesome! That's fantastic! <laughs> uh, and Bill Nye. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, oh his mean, death. I don't really need to say anything else. He's Bill Nye. <laughs> Bill Nye, he Davey is Jones himself. such a great character actor. Like, he's so good in everything he does, but you get, like, just the right amount of him in every movie, and then he's out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's the chief inspector. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Love Actually, where he plays the singer. He's great. Uh, he's got a great couple of scenes as Rufus Scrimgeour in, in one of the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just Hitchhiker's Guide. Hitchhiker's Guide. Yep. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's a great choice. That was one of those ones. I had that on my list. I also had uh, spoiler alert because I'm not going to pick it, but I also had Zombieland on my list. And I was mm. like, can can we talk I about saw these? Because they're a list of horror movies. And I was yeah, like, they're they're no more part of Zombieland that's scary. I don't know. There's there's a couple there of zombies. There are elements, yeah. but it's that it's that debate it's, of like, it's like comedy the kind of and same horror. thing as right. Shaun of the Dead. Like right. it's yeah. just more comedy. Army of Darkness. Yeah, a lot of yeah. those. Yeah, I think they all yeah, they all fall under that kind of umbrella where it's it plays between laughs and fear so well. That's why we like I f- them. Yeah, I feel like horror and comedy go hand in hand. That's why you yeah. see them paired so well a lot of times. But I am not going to take Zombieland with the last pick. I am going to take a much more serious, scary film mm-hmm. and a retro, a much yeah, a modern one as well. I've got two classics. I'm going to have two moderns. So the final choice here in the scary movie draft is going to be A Quiet Place. I thought Ooh. that might come up. Wow. Good. Ah, good that's a good one. Yeah, very good one. And we're all still waiting for that sequel. Yeah. (laughs) Which we've seen trailers for for like two years now. (laughs) I mean, we're living in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Travis, you mentioned uh, in The Descent, it was the director playing the monster. Uh, Well, John Krasinski apparently took uh, note of that because he is playing the monster in some of the scenes uh, in this movie as well. Uh, where you can kind of see it stalking around in, in the background shots. But um, I was I was reading up uh, some information on this movie, and it said that at initial test screenings, they were worried that the movie was going to bomb because people were laughing during it, and they couldn't understand why. And then they realized they had accidentally shown them a, a pre- uh, special effects cut. So it was just showing John Krasinski like stalking around in the uh, in like the green suit, like <laughs> making faces and stuff at oh them. And so, yeah, so they were just like cracking up, and and they were like, "What? Why is it's That's not supposed good. to be funny?" Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, the the original screenplay for this movie had exactly one line of spoken dialogue. Um, by the time they actually got to the final film, it's about 25, but that's still crazy when you think about how much of this movie is driven just by the action and the, you know, the sound design. And it's just, oh, it's so good. Um, it was filmed mostly in sequence, but they filmed the opening scene actually last so that uh, Krasinski could shave his beard off and not have to grow back in again. <laughs> um, and another thing I found that was kind of interesting and I thought we might talk about some of these movies, but we haven't. Uh, this was actually originally intended 
to be part of the Cloverfield universe. Um, and then they ended up mm. they ended up changing it during the writing process and, and kind of splitting off from that. But yeah, there was mm. there was a thought for a while that this would be the movie after 10 Cloverfield Lane. That would be the next movie in the in the Cloverfield extended universe. So mm. I yeah. can see that. Yeah, so, I haven't watched that. Well, I have. It's, oh. it's, it's pretty decent. It was on my list. It's a great one. Um, but yeah, yeah, Quiet Place. Yeah, and this was definitely one of the movies that I watched like after we had had Len and like that first, the o- like the opening, the opening sequence broke me. Oh, yeah. When yeah. we watched that, I did not have a good time with that part. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. In the opening sequence, they, they end up losing their son because he takes a toy from a store that he accidentally sets off and just, yeah. And he's before deaf, the dad so he can't it. hear it. Oh, right. Right. Both That's of their broke my heart. Are, it was yeah. just like, oh. Oh no. So before the dad can get to him, yeah, one of the monsters sweeps him off and it's like, you can't even go try to save him because it's just when the monster gets you, it's game over in this universe. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Also one of the few films to put American sign language at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which is awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember this being like a super unique theater going experience too, because I have never seen an audience that quiet. Like, oh, yeah. I yeah. was extremely self conscious uh-huh. with my popcorn, just like, yeah, we realized that like when the movie ended, we were like, nobody made a sound that entire movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's enrapturing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Whew. Good stuff, guys. Good draft. Great list. Yeah, yeah. these are awesome lists. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a couple I'm shocked didn't get taken. Yeah, so let's. Same. How about to save some time? Let's do like, uh, let's limit it to like three honorable mentions each. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. All right. Just quick yep. drive-bys. Yeah. So I'll start. We'll just go right down the order. So my top three that were not picked were Misery, uh, the mm. Six Six Sense, and mm. Twenty Eight Days Later great films yeah uh yeah jess what about you uh 28 days later was also one of mine um yep. alien yeah and on my dawn list. of the dead the original yep. yes also great choices rob uh as far as my other comedy was concerned uh tucker and dale versus evil excellent mm-hmm. excellent excellent film we still have to uh, watch that yeah it's so good can uh, stream it. session nine uh, which okay. is a fantastic film and one of the fa- my favorites from David Caruso. It's uh, about the couple... horrors of asbestos, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and tied with that, Jacob's Ladder, as both served as the inspiration Ooh. for Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah, those are great choices. Um, Allie, how about you? Um, hell House LLC. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. It's a like, good one. So so good. Like I watch it every chance I get. Uh, the silence. Of oh, the lambs. <laughs> no, just the silence. Okay. Okay. Uh, and rubber. Oh yeah, 
That's Ooh, the one about that? the killer tire, right? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it so much. Like there's just one scene, like the scene that I like, I saw it and I was like, yes, this is, this is excellent. This is horrible. And it is excellent. It's just like, it's a scene where like it cuts from the tire and it's like vibrating. It's doing it's like little telekinetic yeah, thing and it I shoots to that. a bunny and it's back to the tire and it's vibrating Ooh. and it shoots back to the bunny and then it's back to the tire and then it's back to the bunny and the bunny explodes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man! You, before we move on, if you haven't seen it, I recommend you check out Christine. It's another Stephen oh, King yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Christine is good. It's not quite we as great have, as Rubber. We could have honestly, like, we could have just done a Stephen King movie draft tonight and mm. filled our list yeah. easily. Um, okay, yeah. Travis, three from you. Uh, Midsummer or Midsummer mm. or however you say it. I thought we would be talking about that tonight. I'm surprised. Yeah. Uh, th- no, uh, like these three, I'm honestly like just shocked. Uh, okay. The Witch. Yeah, I know that was high on Kel's list. Yeah. 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 I and really like The Witch. The Conjuring. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's a good one too. Kel, I think like, all three I, of those were on your list, weren't they? I'm really they surprised. <laughs> yeah. It's it's goes to show like just how many great horror movies there are, but also like what hits people because like I've got probably like twenty more movies that you guys yep. didn't talk about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I definitely have a whole list. Yeah, and I, I was preparing pages here. For the whole two hours I had after work, I'm just like I took off early. <laughs> Just like, to make it, so, like, oh man, no. I didn't get to talk about Robin Williams in one hour photo at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kel, Allie, and Jess, you should start a horror movie podcast. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so let's, uh, hear, let's hear Kel's honorable mentions first. Okay, so, yeah, I was going to talk about The Witch, but instead, let's talk about It Follows. Yes. Which I, oh, so I really should have gotten on my list somehow. Um, mm-hmm. And then the one controversial pick that I had, I don't know what you guys would have said, uh, Jaws. Oh, oh, oh that is yeah, it's a horror film. Okay. It's a summer blockbuster horror film. Yeah. yeah, I think you could have picked Jurassic Park by the same measure. Yep. Yeah. 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 Probably. Totally. Yeah. And then lastly, really underrated, The Others from 2001. Yeah, that was oh, high on yeah. my list too. Oh, yeah. There's nice. not enough, like, just I've actually ghosts, forgotten about that one, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. still we could we could easily do like a second draft with all the great movies that are left. Um, however, uh, we are we are locked in, so uh, we're gonna do the host vote now, which is when we pick our favorite list. Uh, and once the vote is up, we will vote for them. Don't worry, uh, Alex, we will not be eligible for the prize that is up for grabs, so I will not be able to win it. <laughs> um, but I will cast my vote first, and I, I want to make sure Mikkel doesn't feel like she has to vote for me, so I'm not going to vote for her. <laughs> I'm going to vote <laughs> for Travis, because he's got four movies that I have seen and four movies that I really enjoy, and that's the only list on here that I feel like I can say that about. So I'm going with Travis. Uh Jess, can you see the other list or do you remember them well yeah, enough to no, cast I'm, a vote? I'm actually I'm looking at the list right now. Perfect. Okay. Um, so I think I would actually vote for Travis. All right. Travis looking good, buddy. Looking good. Travis we're, is, is 0 for 12. So maybe this is the week of change. I'm not going to be able to call into better quest. Rob, where's your vote going, buddy? 
I'm torn between so many. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go with Kel. Yeah. Aw. That's that's a solid <laughs> list. It like really you is. got you got three it, like in a, there's a consistency to to a lot of those picks and I think like the hereditary is the only outlier but that does not a, like that does not throw off your list at all. I don't know if you Just watch those it doesn't have the in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah, hereditary. For the. <laughs> if you if you watch yeah, those four movies back to back you're going to have a real bad weekend. <laughs> well that is the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch them tomorrow. Count. Um, okay, Allie, who are you voting for? I am also voting for Kel. Nice. She's racking them up. Uh, Travis, where's your vote going? Uh, Jess. Okay. Hey, thanks. Excellent. And Kel, you're the last one up here. Uh, whose list do you like the best? I'm voting for you, Brian, not because we're married, but because we have very similar tastes. Excellent. Excellent. All right. I'm not blank, at least. This is good. It's looking very bad for Rob, which is always good news. <laughs> Dude, it started bad for me with horror films, okay? It never got better. <laughs> I mean, no, you started off with the thing, man. I'm talking about where I started as a child. <laughs> oh, That's oh. just child play. all right folks that's the end of the draft this episode is over but the conversation does not end here once you finish listening head on over to our discord which we will link in the show notes we want to hear your drafts post your favorite scary movies tell us what we got right what we got wrong and give us your predictions for what takes number one next week which I'm still trying to come up with a title, so if anyone in the Discord has suggestions on what we can call this episode, but what we're doing is uh, musical performances in a movie that are not a musical. (laughs) So... It's so, like basically a diegetic song performance where it occurs in real time in real life for those characters. Yes. So my so, question is so like walk the line how many counts songs from Scott Pilgrim. Pitch perfect counts. Um <laughs> But yeah, but like uh, Annie, the musical would not count. Yeah. West Side Story does not count. Um, But our guest for that is a uh, fellow podcast host and and real uh, legend of a guy, Michael Moran, who you might know as a nail on the discord. And he hosts the wonderful List Wars podcast uh, that we all listen to. So we're really excited to have him on next week for that one. Um, In the meantime, Rob, what would you like to plug, buddy, before we go? So uh, just the upcoming, uh, so Saturday on twitch.tv slash Raven name, my Twitch channel, uh, doing a boss rush mo- uh, run for uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Uh, they released a new patch uh, where they added boss rush and some other stuff. Going to be doing that. Uh, keep your ears peeled for a uh, extra life event in two weeks. Two weeks time. We're going to have a 24 hour run, but I'm not the first 24 hour run. No, that would be our one and only Travis McGahee, right? That's right. I'm going to be running Hades for 24 hours on uh, a week from Sunday. Going to have some cool incentives like you could uh, cause my head to be shaved by my wife on stream. With a dollar (laughs) shave razor. With a dollar shave razor, yeah. I love it. What's that channel? (laughs) Uh, is J. Walter Weatherman. 
uh, it's weather men, multiple weather men. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and remember to check us out on discord, on Twitter and Twitch, uh, on Twitter and Twitch. We're at real draft punks. Um, like subscribe, listen to the podcast, please, please, please. Especially if you're on Apple, uh, write us a short review or give us a rating. It helps new listeners find the show. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to cast your votes throughout the week on that discord server. Tell us who had the best team because next week, uh, your winner has the honor of first choice in our draft. Until then, uh, Rob, send us home with the lights on. Turn on those lights. <laughs> be happy. Be healthy. Don't be afraid of the dark. And be kind to each other. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love it.